Hi, I'm Leslie Russell, and I'm the founder and president of Next Generation Ministries Independent Learning Academy, which is now evolving into Equip 210. And I'm so excited for our new podcast, which is Reinventing Education with Leaders and Visionaries. So turn up the volume, come on in, because we are in the middle of an incredible educational revolution and so excited to be a part of it. Hi, everyone. I am so just amazed and excited with who we have today. We have such an incredible guest. You are all just going to love her so much. And this is, I'm so excited for you to meet Dr. Sheila Schiller Coleman, who is the daughter of Pastor Robert H. Schiller, who is the founder of the Crystal Cathedral Ministries. And at its zenith, um, and the duration of the time that he aired online that he would meet and uh, influence over 20 million viewers a week. And uh, it's just such an honor to have you on today, um, Dr. Coleman. Uh, you're such an amazing woman. You're an incredible friend. Yes. And uh, so she is an educator. She's been a principal, a school teacher. She's an incredible author. And she's also a pastor. And we're going to be talking today about uh, the educational revolution that we are in. Mm -hmm. And just our opinions on different things. We've had a lot of conversations. And just kind of just really inspire you with her legacy, what she's done. And then also with uh, where we are right now in education and where we're going. Because it really is, I keep saying this to all of our viewers and listeners, it is really, truly an exciting time to be in education. I just want to encourage you that just despite the what we're seeing in the public education system, that there are so many things on the horizon, so many things that are currently happening and they're going on and there's just going to be a huge shift. We see it coming and it's already happening. And so we just want to encourage you with that and just speak into that. So welcome today, Dr. Coleman. So amazing mm -hmm. having you on. And so you, we were talking before the show started about your father and just the incredible man that he was and how he also not only had an impact in our country, but he also had an international impact with having the first televised religious program in Russia when he had Mikhail Gorbachev on his show. Can you speak about that? I love speaking about it. <laughs> it was such a blessing to be his daughter. I got to sit, you know, and see firsthand. I had a front row seat, like I like to say, to how amazing our God is. Amen. How big he, he's so big. And my father was a man with fearless faith, with limitless faith. And so, you know, that's that's such a, a gift to be able to be able to witness and see what God can do, what God can do, and God can do anything and everything. And and I I really believe it's my call to carry on that legacy, to keep espousing for my father limitless faith, fearless faith, especially in the days in which we are living today. And um, yeah, I was just briefly, I was dad's uh, senior editor for most of his manuscripts. And so they were on the best bestseller list for the New York Times for over a year, number one, number two. So I'm really familiar with his message. And I actually walked away from that to go into education because God called me to be a teacher. 
And I was like, why are we doing this? But I fell in love with children and I was like, this is amazing. And um, yeah, dad's back to dad. He was, his, his legacy is international. And, and I, I just, I'm just honored to know that he was my father. I keep thinking, I say, God, how much you must love me to have given me him as my dad, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. how I feel. So And you're but, doing such an amazing job carrying <laughs> on his legacy in your whole family. Mm. Like really. Mm. So I love talking to a fellow educator because to be a teacher um, and to ha- and to care and love for other people's children uh, so passionately and so sacrificially, it's definitely a calling. And um, so I love meeting other educators. I feel like we're from the same um, cloth, the same fabric, and just have that that place in our heart in wanting to really uh, make an impact on the next generation and coming alongside um, students and just championing them and who God created them to be. And I know that's like what we're all about at Equip 210 is really raising up in their identity and their calling. So let's just talk about um, when you were a teacher, where you taught, the the grades that you taught, and let's just get into then the the books, um, some of the books that you've written, and then your most recent book. And from there, let's kind of go into what you and I talked about yeah. regarding your new book and where we're at right now um and and how we got here and, and what we need to yeah. be what we need to make sure going forward that we're aware of yeah well you know first of all you know this is really fun to do because you're a friend <laughs> and we've had so many wonderful conversations and it is exciting to have a kindred spirit you know, we're like that spirit, Holy Spirit connection, as well as a kindred mind spirit, that connection. So I value you, Leslie, and everything that you're doing. And um, so thank you. This is a joy. This is just fun. It's like, okay, sitting down having coffee with with a good friend, right? Yes. So but yeah, I began in Fullerton School District in California as a public school teacher, fourth, fifth combination. And I loved it. Uh, I got called out of that to be the principal at the Crystal Cathedral Academy. Um, There was a private school there and um, became the superintendent and went and completed my master's program from Chapman University. And I just want to share this briefly because it it was back in about 1994, 95. Um, I have four sons within seven years time. And it was (laughs) my youngest was in first grade when I started my student teaching. And, um, but when I was in my master's program at Chapman, we had a self-professed socialist Marxist professor and he had us read this book. And I was like, I don't understand what they're saying. And I reread it. I still don't understand what they're saying. And on the third read, I was like, Oh, I'm not understanding it because I don't understand how anybody could actually be saying what I'm reading. And what it was, was they were saying parents should not have rights over their children. The state should have rights over the children because the parents will mess things up. But we, the state, should have the rights to the children. And I I confess and I tell the story because I thought it was a fringe ideology until COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And as I was watching and hearing these different teachers espouse that same philosophy, 
um, through these different Zoom classes that they were teaching that I was really horrified because I thought, wow. And I, I really had to repent because I had looked at education, went into it because I love children. And I really did, I discounted the impact that education really can have on children. And yes, it was important, but it was primarily for me a means, a way to be with children, to help love them, to help encourage them, to help nurture them and realize their full potential as God's child. Mm -hmm. But I never dreamed that it would be used as a way for the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy God's precious children, God's treasure on earth, his children. And now that I've seen it, um, I've frankly been horrified by, by, by the depth of what has, has transpired in our education system. And I'm, now I'm trying to make amends for it, to be honest with you. And you, and you are, I see, I mean, like, I think that there were a lot of people in, in that area in in that, um, in that place of, you know, like seeing it on the fringe, but maybe not really understanding the full impact of it. But COVID did that. I feel like God parted the curtain and made it very mm -hmm. clear. Look, look what's behind yep. here and going on when Zoom um, you know, when teaching started coming into parents' living room and parents are walking by and they're like, did, that, did, did I just hear what I think I just heard? Because I know we had one of our largest campuses, which was in San Juan Capistrano at the time. And I had uh, families that would drive all the way down from Huntington Beach to San Juan Capistrano just because of like realizing what their children were being exposed to. And they, they felt very deceived. Like they, they didn't realize those types of topics of conversation were going on. So here, here we are now, and I love um, what you're doing. You wrote a book. You wrote two books just about the power, the power of prayer, and like praying and interceding for children. And then also, you're writing a, a new book now on wisdom. And I, mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we get into into that. Uh, so first, tell me about the book that you wrote with praying and interceding for our children. Well, it was June 13, 2022, and I was in my prayer room, <laughs> you know, that what that's like in the morning praying and, and Abba just, just, he encountered me and he gave me a divine assignment. And when I've subsequently learned that when you get, when I get a divine assignment, I begin to tremble all over physically. I cry, you know, I, it's, 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 there's fear and trembling when you get a divine assignment. And it was, he said, I want you to write a book delivering the children uh sorry the title is heart of a warrior this is he told me exactly what the title is the heart of a warrior delivering the children of the world for christ mm. and i've been given writing assignments my whole life by my my dad's publishers and then by professors and i'm used to them telling giving you a topic or a title and a deadline and this was frankly a, another writing assignment but this is the first time i got one from god yeah. And I took it seriously. And a lot of times when you get a writing assignment, you don't really understand it until you start writing it. And mm -hmm. that's one reason why we teachers give writing assignments, because as the students work on it, they learn so much. It's a great yes. processing tool, methodology. And, and God, Abba, did the same thing with me. He goes, okay, I'll give her a writing assignment. Wait till she learns, oh, man, where my eyes opened I kept thinking, why me? Why not Benny Hinn or somebody knows something about this subject? I don't know anything about this. 
But see, because I had my doctorate in education, I right away went to the statistics. And I was like, oh, my word. When I saw the statistics, I was my heart was just grieved mm. at what's going on with the children of the world. And um, so it's a it's a book that tells about um, prayer. You know, too many people, if they say, well, okay, this is going on in the world, and they see it, a lot of people see it, they don't want to really stop and think too hard about it because it's so, it's so big. What do I do? What do I do? Well, and pray, they go, well, pray, yeah, but how, how do I pray? And will prayer actually make a difference? And so the book, the Lord led me through it to just encourage people, anybody, anybody, especially people don't think they're a prayer warrior or anything like that. Anybody could pick it up, read it and say, oh, okay, I can do this and this will make a difference. And we've even included a prayer guide at the back. So um, it, you know, has a whole list of all the things to pray against, against starvation, to pray for the orphans, yeah, to pray for the schools, of course, to pray for the children that are being lost. There's one life lost from in, there's one baby lost from the womb every 34 seconds. And so we wrote a prayer for the babies for that in the womb. We even included a prayer of grace and mercy for the moms yeah. who made that, you know, and have lived, had to live with the pain. Yeah. And so it, it's a, it's got all these different beautiful prayers in them that do that do pray against the the enemy and the spirits behind the enemy based on God's scripture because that's how Jesus did it but we also the prayers include decreeing and declaring God's truth about those children yes and that's so important that they are his beloved they're his chosen and he's rescuing them. He's delivering them. And he has a beautiful identity for them. And there's, and the theme of the book is really identity. And it's and like you talk, we, we both share that same call from God to help God's children fulfill their identity. You're doing it through Equip 210. And I'm, and my book really does it through prayer, praying and calling it forth in this in the spiritual realm, yeah. that they will know that they are God's child. Because if they know that, that's, that's end game. Yeah, you know, no, that's it. So. Amen. They're walking, they're walking in all that God has just created them to be They're co creating with the Holy Spirit. Uh, just like we have our thumbprint, which is ours uh, physically, we have a spiritual DNA that when he breathed life into us, that he was so excited and everything <laughs> that was going to unfold and happen through us. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. And so we were just talking the other day about your new book on wisdom. And I know the Lord really has put on my heart. Uh, and yours as well, and other other educators and people. It's I see it in all the different circles that I run in. And so what he told me was education without God is humanism. And humanism is this sounds like this, like maybe for some a threatening word, and others 
more of a benign word, like, okay, humanism, like how bad can humanism be? <laughs> really? Interestingly, yeah. humanism is basically putting yourself on the throne and mm-hmm. celebrating and exalting the the mind, the great mind without the creator who created the mind. And what happens is the pride of man that comes in. And we unfortunately here at a local school district in um, South Orange County, they just started a satanic um, after school club. And I'm thinking like, who would ever want to send their child to something like that? But it's very interesting when you look at the flyer. I've seen it. It's not like (laughs) you're, you know, we're going to be doing sacrifices and we're going to be like all the just, you know, demonic things that are a part of that. No, it's very, it's just kind of like, it goes all the way back to the garden of Eden with the temptation I'm like, oh, did God really say that? You know, it's like really like in a very um, deceitful way coming and saying, oh, well, we're going to be talking all about um, your child as the individual and their mind and how great they are and um, all the things that they it's it was completely talking. It's all about humanism. It's everything that um education since the late 1800s when the church withdrew into the four walls of the seminary uh, to teach the Bible and theology and academia was left open for uh, secularism and humanism to come in that that's what that's the problem it's de- the debacle that our educational system has been in basically because there's it's not like it when you take God in the Bible out like what happened in 1962 it's not like it just stays like this uh, vacuum of being unaffected it becomes incredibly affected and that's exactly what we're seeing with all the atrocities um all of the things that are happening this the sexualization of our children the whole um question with their their gender identity all those things are part of humanism because when you put man on the throne and you take god off these are all of the maladies that come with it absolutely absolutely the enemy is a liar and he's a thief and worse, <laughs> but he's a liar and he's a thief. And and that's the problem. And you use the word vacuum, I believe. And that's the thing that, that I, I believe is because what it, we're talking about humanism, we're talking about what we're, we've, the, what we've not been teaching. We've not been teaching wisdom and, and there's different kinds of wisdom. And so uh, it was on, uh, we all saw what happened on October 7 with horror here in America through the news. But I was as just as horrified when I saw all the anti, um, the pro-Palestinian demonstrations that were taking place on our colleges and universities and how they were coming after Jewish students with with violence and um it just i was i thought i cannot believe i'm seeing this in our halls of higher learning at harvard and all these other schools that columbia and as an educator my heart broke just truly broke and then um the lord just really impressed upon me he said sheila i really need you to write another book on wisdom because and and so I, I leaned into it like I did the other book and the working title and, and it's still very much just barely beginning. But I went and so I'm going to read it to you because this is from the, the more I read it, the more I see the, the wisdom <laughs> in the title. It's called yeah. 
unearthing the lost treasure. Right. Unearthing. You think about a treasure gets buried, right? And then yes. where is it? Right. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Title. Unearthing the lost treasure. The subtitle is restoring wisdom. It begins with you. That's great. That's and so great. that's the that's the title and the subtitle working title for now. But I've been digging into Proverbs, of course. But you know, the the uh, God's word is so rife and peppered with all these beautiful pearls of wisdom. And um, the Lord just really put it upon me that, that that because we have had that what we were seeing on a, after in the these pro-Palestinian um, marches and protests, what we were seeing was the result of a vacuum of God's wisdom being taught, and humanism is the world's definition of wisdom right but but the hebrew word for wisdom is wisdom from above and it says that true wisdom is found in the fear of the lord that's what god's word says they're so totally totally different one finds wisdom in god and the other finds wisdom like you're saying in our intellect and um so because of that vacuum, because we have not taught to wisdom from God's perspective, we've because they've been teaching humanism, humanism has been teaching there is no absolute truth, right? How long have we been hearing this? Right. I heard it through all of my classes and I'm going, well, no, that's not silly. That's silly. Of course, there's an absolute truth. You know, there's a North Star, there's a North Star, there's always a North Star. And, um, but we've seen now that this, the fact that that truth, there was no truth. They basically erased truth from the education system when they said there's no absolute truth. Well, if you haven't, if there's no truth, how can you discern the lie? Right. How do you know when you're yeah. being lied to? So the vacuum that we've had in our education system, what we have now, we currently have, and it's pervasive. And it's even found in your in your in your Christian colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. Most of them, most of them teach it based on Socrates. You know, they they pride right. themselves on the classical method, the yes. the Socratic method, right? Christ and I've Christian high schools too. And you know, you and I were on the same page with the the Plato and Aristotle, all of the because these are pagan Greek philosophers, right? That value and champion logic instead of the wisdom like what you see in proverbs and throughout the bible and that's what should be esteemed and that's what should be being taught right right so it's all about so when you have when you're when but so what has been taught is a there's been a vacuum of wisdom period mm -hmm. of of god's wisdom and real that's the only wisdom that i believe is true wisdom and so what that has meant is that our students no longer know how to, and I think this is an important phrase that the Lord gave me, they no longer can discern truth from lies. That's, yeah. When you don't have if an we can't, truth in your, and this is like postmodernism where every truth is relative and everybody has a truth. Well, that's your truth. That's your truth. That's, you right. that. that's right. My truth that's is right. something different and you can't agree on what is what is truth, then 
you can't discern you can't discern morality as in what's good or bad because that might be somebody else's somebody else's like truth is like what you feel is like evil and wrong that might be somebody else's um you know value and that they think that that's good and that's like what we're experiencing so people are like what is going on like up is down and down is up is like that's what you're what we're experiencing right now is postmodernism right. where everything the relativism of like not having an absolute truth and that's where the where the wisdom of god needs to be taught and the mm -hmm. fear of the lord to be taught instead of the logic and the championing of the of the so-called great minds because that's where you you can't you can't hone in and you can't agree on any absolute truth well, what we've done is I'm going to read it to you because it's a scripture. It's Romans 1.25. And I think it's basically what par it's par maybe partial theses for the book. Um, humanity runs into trouble. Education runs into trouble when they, quote, this is from Romans 1.25, when they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. Mm -hmm. The create the you know the creation. This is right. the creation the mind, but yeah. the what the mind, the intellect. But who created yeah. <laughs> this this creation? Who created the creator? When we exchange the the truth, which is the creator, for a lie. Yes. And that's what that's what's happened in our education system. And it again, it is pervasive. And so we, and when you cannot, but there's also a skill in there, you see, when because wisdom is a skill. And I believe that's that I don't know that we've ever looked at it that way before. But I believe that that's what God is wanting to do through this book is to teach them to rec to recognize wisdom, where to find it, how to unearth it, what to do when they've got it. And when they have it, and they know it, then they can discern truth from a lie. Boy, do we need to be able to discern truth from lies today. Yes. And when you cannot, when you have no way to do that, when you just say, well, okay, okay, that must be truth. And it's not, it's a bad lie and it's going to hurt you. What, would, what happened was this vacuum of not teaching them this skill is suddenly, oh, you can, you can put anything drop anything into that vacuum of a mind mm -hmm. any ism any propaganda any 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 lie and that if that person in those minds all those minds out there have just accepted anything there's ease is it that's that's the basis for indoctrination yes and so we've got to we've got to I, to me, I feel like, yes, God's calling me to overhaul my education system to the best of my ability to whatever I can do to contribute to it. And I know that's going to take a huge team, a lot of us coming together like you and I and others. But I do think that one of the important uh, premises is to teach God's word, to teach the wisdom of God's word, and to use it so that we can teach the, teach the students, especially those that are older, but even younger, and say, no. That's not true. That's a lie. 
And that's the direction we're going. And so that's like the educational revolution that we're in. I feel like God has just really set the scene. He set the stage for it. Uh, It's happening. We're moving that direction. It's been exposed. It's kind of like when you walk in and there's like such a mess, you know, like, (laughs) look at this mess, you know, the mess in the kitchen, the mess on the floor, whatever. (laughs) What do you do? You You have to clean it up. Right. Like you got to like roll up your shirt sleeves. You got to get in there. You got to clean it up. And that's what we're doing. We're we are cleaning up um, over a century of just uh, of a a mess of indoctrination, parents rights being trampled on. Um, Mm -hmm. Got the government thinking that, you know, whose children are they like who owns those children? Okay, there are children. uh, And we're taking it all back. And it's happening and I see it and uh, it's being exposed. I just feel like it's some, you know, that there's implosion. Things are just kind of imploding on themselves and yeah. it gives opportunity for just to step in with this educational revolution that we're in with alternative education. And then I feel like there's going to be a big kingdom shift also in public education. And the Lord says, unless the Lord builds it, the labor labors in vain. And when you mm-hmm. take God and the Bible and prayer out like in 1962 it's no surprise what's happening right now so he needs to come back in and it's really exciting to be able to be pioneering and being in that role of ushering that in um with like with everything that we're talking about here and everything that we're doing because i i know that uh with equip 210 there's a way of replicating that and, and a parent a teacher a pastor can start their own campus and i know with what you're doing dr coleman with uh, writing the books and the platforms that you're on and getting the message out. And you were just such an incredible prayer warrior. Just uh, mm-hmm. amazing that it's just a, I really value our friendship and um, the introduction that we've had. Uh, and then also um, just love to share, don't mess with our kids, the Her Voice movement, everything that's going on there. We've got the Capitals um, April 13th and then a million uh, Esther's and Mordecai in the mall, um, October 12th of 2024. So th- good things are ahead for our country and for education. Yes. So yes. as we wrap up here, any last remarks that you would like to share? Well, yes. I, you know, when um, the Lord impressed upon me, he said, he said, you know, these kids, whose kids are these really? They're not, the, they're not the, they're not the states. They're not the schools. They're not the, the unions, <laughs> the teacher unions. And they're even not the parents. He said, they're mine. He said, these are my kids. And he said, but I've entrusted them to the church and to their parents to steward them to steward them on my behalf. And I know that he's doing that. I I am, as much as I see things going on, like the Satan Club and all these other things, and I see them and my heart breaks, honestly. Um, But I I pray, I I turn that always into a prayer. And I'm, but I'm super, super encouraged. I have so much hope. I have no doubt that God is going to use all of this because what the enemy meant for evil God will turn around and he will use this for good. I believe that with every fiber of my being. Yes. And I'm just honored. And I always say, Lord, who am I that you would choose to use me? But whatever you need, I say yes to it, anything. Yes. And so I, you know, I, I've, I'm, I'm filled with hope 
and I want to, I really, really want our people, the people that are listening to this to, to say, yeah, I want, I'm hopeful yeah. too. Yeah. We're, it's victorious. Like yes. we're, we're going, it, things are changing. And yeah. uh, so I hope that this podcast with Dr. Coleman and me has just inspired you our conversation. And if there's things in it that you're listening to, you know, just pray, pray into them. Uh, but it's been amazing having you on. Thank you so much for this time. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Yes. Okay. okay. Love you, Leslie. Love Bye. you. Bye.